0: You want it. You need it. It's what everyone's talking about. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Now, here's Kevin. You're listening to the Sports Fix. Yeah, it's a Sports Fix Thursday. That's right. Uh, had uh, my good friend Bobby out in L.A. And Bobby, we hope you're doing well with the fires out there. He's, you know, close to the, the fire areas. And Bobby's been a long time listener. Absolutely. From L.A. And, and we um, appreciate his support. Bobby says he's getting sick of that open. Um, not the sports fix part of the open, the regular <laughs> open. You know, Mark Stern said the first week he goes, "Look, the, this podcast thing. You are going to get suggestions from everybody, and everybody's going to be an expert on this thing. <laughs> you know, from you know how you're segwaying from one thing to another, the sounders, the the audio, and we did start with new mics yesterday. We've got new mics, and I said to Aaron, I think there's not enough bass in these mics." But it shouldn't be the mic that controls the bass. Are we working on that?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm playing around with you the know,
2: controls. You know why people are willing to to speak up about things like that because they know they're talking to the boss. <laughs> well, I mean, when when they, on radio, they figure there's a couple of levels above you, just like every place you work, where you've got you know there's some things beyond your control. When they talk back to you they're talking to the boss. I think that's true and I
0: I do, I'm I'm one of those people Tommy that typically, you know, has an idea and I just want to go with it and I won't be deterred. <laughs> but I will say in this new medium, I there've been people that have reached out with ideas that have made total sense. People who have done this kind of thing before that are fans of you and fans of me from radio stuff, and they really are trying to help. So it really is appreciated, Um, and I'm I'm being sincere about that. I will tell you one thing that I've gotten overwhelmingly as feedback. Every time we've tried to do the calls, and I've said, and it's true, that I miss that part of radio, taking calls, Overwhelmingly people have said, don't do the calls. <laughs> we don't want the call. We don't want the callers. And I'm like, what about the good callers? <laughs> I mean, we can edit out the bad calls. Because don't you feel, Tommy? And we used to say this that we had really good callers on the show. What are you looking
2: at me like that for? Oh you didn't... as far as no it's like we had really good callers. That's that in, in a way, that's like saying we had the best roaches in town.
0: <laughs> That's not fair. We had well, people... I know,
2: but, but, I mean, look. They're, they're callers. They're, 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 they're What are you talking you about?
1: You so... Seriously. anti call over the, here.
0: Tommy's the one. He tries to make me out to be the one, but he's the one. And And the truth is, I think, that if you have the right callers on the right day, on the right topic, it adds to the overall listenability
2: of the show that's one way to go all right whatever
0: uh that's Tommy of course Aaron's here by the, the show... way
2: I got here in I mean I sat I sat in the parking lot outside here for about 45 minutes before I, I finally went in the Safeway and, and and got my crumb cake and milk and I brought you some breakfast yes this morning, yes you did I'm gonna save it for a, a, a brunch okay um, at this point that's very kind of you I don't know what what possessed you to do that, but that's very nice of you. Well, I do. But but the fact, maybe because you felt like I'd be so pissed off having driven in the snow (laughs) from Frederick. And I left an hour earlier than I normally would. I left an hour earlier in anticipation of, you know, bad weather, traffic jams, accidents, and it snowed the whole way down from Frederick. Real snow. Oh,
0: yeah. It was real snow this morning. Yeah.
2: Uh, It wasn't fake snow. No. It was the shortest commute I've had yet. I, I was here in an hour and 10 minutes. I
0: saw you tweet that out, and I had already made plans to stop by this wonderful bakery downstairs to get you a ham and cheese croissant, because I've brought that to you before. Yes, you have. And you said you enjoyed it, because I I was concerned <laughs> that it was it was going to be angry Tommy here this morning. And, and the, the other part I thought you were going to say is, you didn't even reach out to me to see if the driving was going to be an issue. You just assumed that I that I'd be here. And yeah, I did, I did because well we, no, you you post
2: hell or high water. Always have.
0: And always do. But
2: you have too. Yeah, I know. I think you're more willing to take chances. <laughs> look at wh- wh- the first Super Bowl we did together in Miami was was we were down there uh when the big snowstorm hit here. It was
0: the 09, February 09. February 09 or 10. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: And and you left on a Friday right after we did the show. You had me drive you to the airport. I mean, rather than the rest of us who stayed until like Monday because of the bad weather that was coming. Friday, it's already snowing up north. And you're determined to get you want to be back home. For this for this event,
0: I did want to be so back for that you, one. That you, was a big one.
2: I mean, I I like Mario Andretti. You to the airport. <laughs> you did. Uh, you get on the plane. You can only fly to Richmond. You couldn't fly into Washington. Good memory. You fly in the Richmond. You rent a car in a in a in a in a in a blizzard. And you drive from Richmond to Bethesda Made just so about two you could and be hours. just so you could be home for this.
0: Well, let me just say this because you, you remember it very well. It was it was a fun week in South Florida. Um, you had a lot of uh, a lot of friends down there, various establishments, as I recall, <laughs> that were very hey, don't forget, don't that forget. were very familiar with. Oh, Tom's back! <laughs> it, it was in Fort Lauderdale and other places that. Uh, we went to that uh, we we didn't have to wait in any line and weren't charged cover. We didn't have to pay a cover charge <laughs> to get in because they knew Tommy pretty well. But uh, the the best part of that was, do you remember um, our fearless leader and little? Let's just say a, a bit limited when it came to sports talk radio. Um, who doesn't the, the,
1: make him different than who, any other program well, director? Who, who was Does the, it?
0: Who was the PD at the time? And he said, ah, it's not going to be anything. We'll be fine. And I just and I said to him, and Zabe said the same thing. We both said to him on Thursday, look, this is the real deal. You're not going to get back on Monday if you don't have somebody go back on Friday, and it's the Monday after Super Bowl, Yes, and it would be nice to have programming on Monday. And, we're, and Zabe and I both said to this guy, look, he's like, no, no, it's fine. It's not going to be anything. And I just looked at him. I go, what do you mean it's not going to be anything? How do you know? And I said, let me show you something. And, of course, I had the you had, forecast you had, yes. and holding whole And I said, trust me, if somebody doesn't go back early Friday after their show, and you and I had a midday show, right. then you're going to have no programming on Monday unless Radio Row will be open, yeah. which it wasn't going to be right. for Monday. And uh, he said, no, 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 no. So – I just decided I didn't want to miss the storm. You're yes. right about that. I didn't want to miss the storm. Because you knew this was going to be this was a, it was an a epic big one. event. It was two feet. Yes. And so uh, I was the only one there on Monday. And I remember thinking to myself, well, really? You want me to come in and do all day by myself? I'll do our show. But what happened was... Uh, Tony wasn't there. We ran syndicated programming all morning, and then it, and, and I came in at ten and
2: did the rest of the day. But
0: you made it. I in. I flew back. I you, flew
2: back on Monday. Yeah, and
0: you made it in by I, afternoon. I,
2: I flew back on Monday morning, and our program, our fearless program director didn't get back wa- to Wednesday. Wa- was wondering, you know, because I said I we said to him, you know, I need a cab to take me to the radio station to get on the air. And they thought that that was a little bit much, so they didn't want to do that. To... Yeah, but because Kevin's there; he can do it yes. by himself all day. So we convinced them what a foolish idea that was. So I took a cab from BWI to Rockville and uh, to get there in 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 what was you know piles of snow everywhere. To have, have to get it, and you and me like did about five hours. We, we you did. had already been on the air for a couple of hours. Was, was that the day
0: that we ended up talking to Andy yes. when he got back to BWI? But he, was he it that back, day or the he, next day? No, he
2: got back later that day. Yeah, he got back and he l- couldn't, late find, his day in the couldn't find his car in the buried. parking lot. Couldn't find his car in the parking lot, and we caught it on air live because <laughs> right. he was on his phone, and he says, "Oh my god!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: this show is presented by window nation. If you're in the market for windows, call eight, six, six, 90 nation, or go to window and tell them, uh, we told you to call. Uh, that was, those were fun days. Those were fun days. And the Super Bowl trips were always, um, Fun until they started to just send one per show. Yeah, and Tommy demanded to go, or where he wasn't going. I didn't demand to go yeah, to you pretty Indianapolis. Much demand, you did demand not to go to oh,
2: Indianapolis. <laughs> you begged out of that. Uh,
0: that's because I wanted San Francisco. <laughs> well, I mean, which was the next year, right?
2: No, the next year was New Orleans.
0: Oh, that's right. You got New Orleans, and I got San Francisco. Yeah. None of us wanted Indianapolis. <laughs> no <laughs> no but, offense, but which
2: actually turned out to be a pretty good. Time. I know
0: you told me that. I remember yeah. that. Uh, by the way. It's too early for this weather. I love winter weather, as you know, and I love snowstorms. We had no, we had, we we haven't no, had fall, no fall. Where where's yeah. the fall? Yeah, it's my favorite time of year. Actually, this time of year, when you get fifties to sixties, and the trees are pretty, the, the crisp, leaves, the
2: crisp air,
0: and we we just went from summer to winter.
2: Yeah. Well, and, we went from spring to summer. I mean, we went from winter to summer. I mean I think I think somebody has eliminated fall and spring.
0: <laughs> it it fall can be so pretty around here and we had we really didn't have it th- this year and I was looking at the extended forecast it's going to be cold basically for the next few weeks. Yeah. I mean maybe up to 50 but whatever. It's supposed to be nice on Thanksgiving, which is a week from today. A week from today, Redskins, Cowboys, turkey Stuffing, mashed potatoes, gravy, rolls, pumpkin pie—all the stuff you don't necessarily like, but I love. And the Redskins, already in the look-ahead line, are four and a half point underdogs against really? the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day.
2: Now, now, uh, how much is it? Three points of that home field? Yep. Yes. Okay. And I—I'm I, shocked at this narrative that the Cowboys who who suffer from the same disease that the redskins have the r of self destruction true except the redskins have managed to put a cloaking device over redskins park this year to keep it away for the most part this narrative now now that the cowboys are back on track and that they're they're going to roll to the nfc east title this is a self destructive team you can't count on the cowboys from one week to the next But there's this storyline out there that that they're now the NFC's favorites.
0: Well, they're not the favorites. The Redskins are the favorites right now. I have said here the last couple of days that because Philadelphia's schedule sets up where they're going to have eight losses, we talked about this the other day. Yeah, look, the Cowboys
2: are more of a threat, but I mean that. Well, but they are not. They have more
0: of a chance to be in contention. Just look, if they went to, now they're injured, they, they came out of that Philadelphia game with some injuries on defense where they've been very good defensively. So they go to Atlanta. If they were to win in Atlanta and the Redskins were to lose at home to Houston, you then have a six and four versus five and five matchup for first place on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Day.
2: Then, then you have a conversation, but not now.
0: Okay, I'm just, the look-ahead line, which you can wager on in in many places, the Cowboys are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Houston is a three-point favorite at FedEx on Sunday.
2: But I get that.
0: I don't. I thought it was going to be a pick. I actually thought the Redskins, I was dead wrong on this, and you know I usually get point spreads right. They were, I had it as pick, maybe the Redskins even minus one at home against Houston, uh, but Houston's getting a lot of ton of respect but beyond that it is definitely a reflection of the oddsmakers not believing at all in the Redskins 6 and 3 mark that's what it is yeah
2: and and i would think in particular the offensive side of the ball definitely face, facing a Houston defense that you know could make Alex Smith look 44 years old instead of 34
0: all right a couple of things i wanted to get to before uh, we get to a Redskins segment that you and I were talking about before the show. Um, first of all, the Wizards won; they've won three in a row. They pounded Cleveland last night. That's
2: what you got to do. You got to you got to beat bad teams, and you got to beat them like that. Look, I'll grant you that they had a rough early schedule, having to go on the West Coast because of the horse show that Ted books at, at his arena every year. Uh, you know, Capital One Arena there. Uh, so you know, but and and the Wizards are not as bad as a two and eight team. They are a 7th, 8th seed, 41-42-43 win team. They are not a 2-8 and eight team. So they're going to find their level at some point.
0: Legler said uh, on this show yesterday that this is crucial, that they have to beat Cleveland, Brooklyn. They've got to make the most of this homestand or it's over. Like that, this early in the season, that if they went from – You know, four and nine with this easy homestand, right? It's Orlando, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Portland's good. They've already beat. But they beat
2: Portland out west. The
0: Clippers are improved. All at home, this five-game homestand. It's like they've got to make hay right now and push their way back to close to five hundred. Because if they don't do it here, it they'll never get it together. Look, Cleveland's terrible.
2: Yeah. Okay. So
0: in, in Orlando. Actually, I think Orlando bounced back with a win last night. Um, I think they beat the 76ers. That, that's who Butler debuted against, right? Last night, yeah, the Magic. Uh, so the Wizards won. The Caps lost.
2: Brayden Holtby didn't play. Look, the Caps just didn't lose. They got beat up. I mean, not only Holtby didn't play, but uh, TJ Oshie took a real bad hit at, at the end of, of the game. Uh, and this is like the second one he's taken so far this year. Uh, and I think Kuznetsov was was out with, with, with a head uh, shot as well. So right now, I mean, as, it's a good thing they got Tom Wilson back, and, and they won the first game that he came back. But they came out pretty beaten physically uh, out of that game, and, and, and that's something to be worried about.
0: I wanted to mention that – as predicted, Jake Degrom won the Cy Young. Right, Scherzer, twenty nine of the thirty first place votes. So not yeah, you very see, close. No,
2: but I mean, look, you could. I, I don't. I have no problem if if people voted for Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer. I still value wins because you have to be on the mound to get the decisions to win games. You have to be. Now Degrom had a, an outlier season, a very unusual. Season, given all his numbers in every other way, shape, or form. I don't think this is a trend or the shape of things to come. I don't think you're going to have a lot of 10 win pitchers winning the Cy Young Award in the future, no matter how good their numbers are.
0: A couple of other things, real quickly. Um, Maryland hired a search firm to look for their new head coach. I'm just going to tell you right now, I, if it were me, I wouldn't be hiring a search no. firm to Where find Where did my he new get hope. the money for that? Um, I don't – you know, I'm sure they negotiated some sort of favorable did, fee there. Uh, p- perhaps not. But did,
1: did you see the other bit of Maryland news as well? Oh, I yes. Didn't. Apparently, DJ Durkin had been coordinating with assistant coaches while he was supposed to be away from the team, and supposedly Damon Evans might have been okay with that, known about and been okay with yeah, that.
2: Yeah, the athletic director, who's still there, by the way, yes. who who's the guy who, who, who is undergoing this search for the new coach, let the old coach, who was supposedly persona non grata – there, even though they were paying him, call the shots from his living room about the way the football team was going to be run. Mm-hmm. I how that athletic... how Damon Evans still has a job I we, is absurd. I, I can't
0: believe I missed that. Um, they can't, it, they can't get in trouble for that because that's not a, any sort of violation. Right. The school had put him on yes, suspension. It was a
1: school sanction. Right. So,
0: but, but it's, it,
2: it's another bad look for a school that can't afford any more bad looks. So
0: I have heard recently um that Mike Loxley is the favorite for a lot of the people out in College Park and i i don't know mike i know a lot of people that know him well and everybody to a person they love him they love mike loxley and people in this area love mike loxley and he is a phenomenal recruiter i just don't know how that background check with what happened at new mexico works where You've got, you know, a couple of incidents with Loxley and you've got to hire somebody without any sort, with a spotless resume. Um, I, I Personally, I wouldn't have a problem with Loxley as a Maryland guy because I know that he would keep players here despite all of the recent stuff that's happened, which is huge. He would recruit well. Um, I, I would hope that, that he would find really good coordinators Uh, To help him. Now, he's good enough for Nick Saban. All right. He's good enough for Nick Saban, so he should be good enough for Maryland. Personally, though, Tommy, I would be thinking about some sort of like Les Miles hire. Like, like, hire Les Miles. Bring (laughs) some juice into the program. Les Miles wasn't a great coach at LSU, but he's a big name and he'll bring some color to the program, some, some real, you know, entertainment value. Uh, if they had hired leach in 2010 oh, after Ralph absolutely. this would be a completely
1: different program absolutely. right now yes. no doubt about it uh, Maryland absolutely. football would be so relevant L- look, yes. look, just look where Washington State is right now exactly yeah, yeah. I mean but
2: Kevin I think and again, but less
0: miles isn't leach just'm I'm not suggesting that like he, leach is a true offensive you know guru, guru. yes yeah right. less miles is only I don't know what he's a guru of other than recruiting
2: yeah I think that whoever the Maryland coach is, they have to be smart enough to recognize what happened here. Now that sounds simple, but it's not. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people in the business of football who live in, in, in a cocoon who really quite won't be able to grasp what happened here at Maryland. They need to hire a coach who understands what happened here and what's the challenge. You need to hire an athletic
0: director and a yes. president too. Like, this is why the search firm to me makes little sense right now. Don't you need the president, whoever, whomever that's going to be? And I'm not saying you have to wait until you replace Wallace Lowe before you hire a football coach. But on some level, what you really want is school president, athletic director, and head coach all to be in it together that the, the school president and the athletic director all signed off on this new coach. And that can't happen because the new school president won't be in when the football coach, the new football coach, is hired. And I don't know what the decision on Damon Evans is. I have no idea what the timeline on on, on that AD position is. It's really, it's an awkward time for Maryland football. That is for sure. At the same time, I can't believe that they are only A 14-point underdog to Ohio State. That That makes no sense to me. Not just 14 right now. Opened
1: at 17, dropped to 14. Dropped
0: to 14. I'm going to tell you right now, Aaron, I think we talked about this yesterday. It is a reflection of what the books think of Ohio State. State. (laughs) Nobody thinks Ohio State's very good. It's why already Michigan's a four-point look-ahead favorite to next week in Columbus. That game is in Columbus. I don't personally, and I've said this multiple times on this podcast this year, I haven't been impressed with Ohio State. Their skill position players are outstanding. The quarterback, though, is not there yet. And the defense has been moved on by some teams. Maryland's not going to win that game. No. But
2: 27-14, to 14, a cover? If they can hold them to 20, 27. And one last thing about from me about Maryland. Uh, you, you think that you know going ahead with the search committee seems a little bit strange not if you're Damon Evans and you're trying to entrench yourself still there you're trying to solidify the shaky position you have if you're Damon Evans you want to move forward you know be be aggressive keep moving forward keep putting out this image to the board of regents that I'm on top of this I'm, i mean I'm valuable to you i'm the guy in charge of this search committee This is, you can't let me go because we're in too deep now in moving forward. And I'm the guy moving us forward. There's one
0: person, one person right now that I would trust to sort of take this bull by the horn and run it. And that's Gary Williams, nobody else. And if Gary were in charge, he knows the school. He knows what the football program needs. He knows the kind of athletic director that the school needs and the search firm thing, Tommy. It's like I've I've been in that position of using search firms before. Ultimately, they don't know your place and what that position needs more than you do. In this particular instance, I want the person that understands the school, understands the program, understands what just went on, and understands the kind of person that you have to bring in here, not just the person which you've sort of hit on, but the kind of coach you have to have at Maryland to be successful because there is only there are only 3 periods in Maryland football that have been successful and all 3 were highlighted by a true Xs and Os coach a guy that got more out of less and that's what Maryland's always needed it's not a recruiting game. Yeah, you've got to try to recruit, and Durkin recruited well. Uh, Ralph had a couple of classes, but ultimately, you're going to have to be one of those teams like Iowa State, where Matt Campbell is getting more out of less. Like I look at Iowa State in the Big Twelve, they don't have the same level of athlete to Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and West Virginia, and even TCU has or have, but. They are getting more out of less. That's what Maryland has been when they've been good. It's like, really? How did they just go 9-3? and They don't have big offensive linemen. They don't have great. It's because they were scheming their way to 9-3. and That's what you need at Maryland. I wanted to mention two other things real quickly before we get to the Redskins topic. Zion Williamson at Duke um, put on a dunk show last night that is, you know, getting a lot of run as it should there's one particular dunk where his head is level with saw, the rim yeah and what makes this not that we haven't seen guys with that kind of athletic ability but it's his build it's the fact that he's carrying around 285 290 pounds at six seven yeah, yeah that makes it really unique i watch him and i look duke played kentucky i want to see him through an acc season uh, you know, we've seen this sort of before where you think a team is never going to lose. They're so much better than everybody else. They'll lose somewhere along the way this year. But I can't believe that he isn't clearly the number one mock draft player. And R.J. Barrett is in every mock draft that I've looked at.
2: Well, we we talked about this before the show. There's NBA experts who say, who will say what position is he going to play in the nba which i mean you and i both agree is it's ludicrous. not nba
0: experts it's people who who don't know basketball that have turned themselves into so-called experts no one that really knows basketball looks at zion williamson and says <laughs> I don't think there's not a place for him in the NBA. I can't figure out what position he'll play. (laughs) Yeah. That no, nobody that really understands basketball thinks that way. And Tommy, the truth of the matter is like the the whole position thing. There are so many teams now that basically play with four to five interchangeable parts anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know,
2: here's the, here's the, here's the question you need to ask yourself. Who's going to stop (laughs) him? Yeah. That's the question.
0: Should the wizards tank the rest of the season to try to get him? Um, one, by the way,
2: uh, uh, just 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 for a little bit of fun, brief a little bit of fun, uh, bring back all times. Who wins between Duke and the Wizards? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not the Wizards that you would compare them to. It would be like the no, Cavaliers. No, I'm, I'm saying the Wizards. Well, the Wizards would kill them.
1: Okay, we'll you know it. what, Tommy? You, I th- think they did uh, a Vegas the person football did, thing. No, 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 no. They did it for basketball as well, and I think it was twenty-two was was for the Cavs. The Cavs Stuk. would be a
0: 22 point favorite yes. because somebody sent me the uh lines of what Alabama would be versus various teams and I think against the Rams they'd be like a 30 point underdog or the Chiefs they'd be like a 30 point underdog. Vegas would make them I mean that's the difference in football. Right. You know, basketball there's a big difference too. You know, the NBA men the teams that win usually have men, like veteran players I know, and veteran presence. I get that. I get that. It's just
2: that we had a lot of fun with that years ago. What What was it that, that we did? was we, we asked Gary Williams uh, when Kentucky was really good. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Kentucky and the win. Wizards. And Gary said, Gary said <laughs> under the right circumstances, in a neutral court, if everything went right, he really qualified it. He said, Kentucky might win. <laughs> And it just—I don't remember that. Oh, and it—it it, you know what? Calipari got asked that question at the Final Four, yeah, about the Wizards specifically. I mean, that generated a lot of attention. Well,
0: remember there was a moment there where you were convinced that Calipari was going to be the next Wizards yes, coach. Yes,
2: and I've been very wrong about so
0: that. So, the, so the last thing I wanted to mention real quickly before we get to the Redskins, um, and it's not real quickly anymore because we're we're dragging on here. But I saw the Queen movie on Monday on Tuesday night. It's Thursday on Tuesday night. You have interest in seeing that? Yeah, movie. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm
2: looking forward to it.
0: It was excellent. Okay, so good, Tommy. Yeah, I mean, you love you love that era of yes. music too. Um, but it's really the story of, of Freddie Mercury more right. than it is even the story of the band yeah. itself. But it was well done, and the guy, um, Rami Malek, I think is his name. He was the guy in in the Pacific. Uh, you, you you watched after Band of Brothers. You watched The Pacific too, yeah. right? So he was in that, and he was excellent in The Pacific. He uh, he's been in other things too. He nailed it. I mean, nailed it. And. It ends with what many people for many years have said is one of the greatest live rock and roll performances of all time, which was Queen at Live Aid in 1985. And some of the backstory to that I didn't know, uh, which was the band had been broken up shortly before that. Um, Freddie Mercury went out on his own, had got an offer to go out on his own, and how he sort of was presented with that offer with management and this, this one... Uh, close friend and lover actually at the time who was, um, very, uh, deceitful and, and, and a bad influence on his life. Basically the, the band had been broken up. And so he didn't even know about it. Wasn't told about it by various people who did know, but found out about it late, went back, got together with the band and they were the last ad by Bob Geldof uh-huh. on that thing that he's, he, you know basically. Found a spot for him, Yeah, thankfully, <laughs> because it really is. I went back when I got back from the movie and watched it because that, that performance is on YouTube, and they, they nailed it in the movie. But it really, what a performer, and what a voice. What a voice, absolutely. What a voice he had.
2: I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, you're going to need to go see it. But you had told me something.
2: Well, there's a commercial that's gone viral. Uh, I don't even know who it's for. Uh, what It's one of those commercials where they tell you at the end uh, who it's for, and I, it's not like a gene company or a car company or anything like that. It's Elton John, uh, basically, and uh, a lot of scenes of him over the years, and then also pictures of a little kid uh, about people playing the piano at home, kids playing the piano at home, and a little kid well, getting— what's, a- the, what's the company? You don't,
1: it's, what's uh, the commercial? It's John Lewis and Partners, which is a U.K. company. There you go. What do they do? see they they they're just a story it's homeware furniture and fashion
0: there you go what did he get paid to do
1: it according to this uh the commercial cost 6.5 million dollars uh, and you know what kevin you watch it it
0: well I you and i are both elton john fans yeah and there's a movie rocket, Come, rocket Man, Man that comes out, out in the summer because the trailer was on before yes. the the queen
2: movie but this commercial is is emotional Very, very well done.
0: All right, uh, let me tell you quickly about Window Nation. Window Nation likes this podcast. Harley, Aaron, Eric, they listen all the time. If you've been thinking about new windows and and your furnace keeps kicking on and off over and over again, I promise you, as someone who has had Window Nation install windows in my home, you can't go wrong by giving them a call. If you are hearing that furnace working hard to heat your home, it's because your windows are old and drafty and they're letting cold air in and hot air out. That means higher energy bills, wasted money. It's time to pick up the phone and call Window Nation. Harley and Aaron from Window Nation have provided windows for me and lots of our listeners over the years. And for a limited time right now, if you call, you'll get two free windows with every two you buy. Buy four, get four free. Buy six, get six free. There is no limit plus zero percent financing right now for five full years save that well-earned money to splurge on your family friends and yourself this holiday act fast there's still time to have your windows installed by the holidays save today save tomorrow save forever window nation right now 866 90 nation you'll get two free windows for every two you buy buy four get four free plus 0% interest for five full years. Save thousands on your windows and your energy bills. Use for holiday shopping this season. Call eight six six ninety nation or visit windownation.com and tell them we told you to call. All right, Tommy, this is um, what I wanted to talk to you about because I was thinking about this yesterday after the show, uh, and that is all of the discussion about the erosion of the fan base. And the reasons for it. And we've talked all week about the reasons for why. And everybody agrees. First of all, everybody agrees that the fan base, to a certain extent, is less than it used to be. Yes. And everybody agrees that it has to do with losing the owner of the stadium and other things. Maybe even the name. I'm going to get to that a little bit later on because I want to respond to, to something Uh, many of you said after the podcast yesterday. But everybody agrees that it's true. The fan base has eroded to a certain degree in numbers and in passion. Um, So that conversation to me is like, okay, we've had it. What I wanted to ask you and what I wanted to talk about is, so what's next? Like, Is there now a perceived limitation on what the fan base could be like what where does this go from here and and there're two to me there're two big sort of uh possibilities that will drive the answer to it right they either become a winner and we'll see what happens if they start to win and become a perennial contender And, you know, is there still a limitation if they win big? I want to have that conversation. And then I think the easier conversation is if the status quo continued, the mediocrity, the bad seasons, dysfunctional seasons, we know what will happen at that point. It'll go lower and lower, more likely than not. Right? Right. Yes. So that conversation we just had. If the status quo continues, where they have mediocre seasons and bad seasons and dysfunction and embarrassment and well it's just going to keep getting worse even you know to be honest with you even a new stadium in the right location downtown with beautiful retail around it that would be a short fleeting increase in interest year one year two but without the winning and if the bad and the mediocre and the dysfunction continues it's not going up it's going down my question really focuses in on, is there now a limitation? Do we believe that there's a limitation even if they become a contender? What if the next few years were all playoff seasons and playoff games won? And this was the beginning of, say, a three- or four-year run that they kept. It, it, it was the, it was an upward trajectory, and they won a playoff game this year and next year they won 12 games and became and had a home field game with a first round bye and got to the NFC championship game and then the year after that they came back as a legitimate Super Bowl contender what if we had that arc in terms of the team's performance is everybody back in
2: did you come up with this yourself no oh because this is pretty good yeah, you know, that's a pretty good way to look at this. I did. I did. I figured com- you had some help.
0: I no, I. Uh, oh,
2: really? No, I actually, actually, I came up with it by myself.
0: I did. All right. Well, okay. I mean, every once in a while. I mean, after after you know, seven and a half years together, uh, every once in a while, I came up with a good idea.
2: It's complicated <laughs> uh, for a number of reasons. Let's let's start from the the outside in. Uh... Live sporting events are not what they used to be. So you're automatically bucking a trend now that live sporting events attendance is down. It's down in college football. It's down in, in baseball. I don't know what the basketball figures are, but generally NASCAR's down. down. Live sporting events... Are now, attendance at yeah, live sporting attendance, events. Attendance at live sporting events, not television. I mean attendance. So you're bucking that. So, I mean, to get back to where the Redskins were, uh, live sports attendance is not what it used to be. So you're already bucking that uh, as as a situation as well. Here in town, when the Redskins were really good, and even when they were at FedEx Field and still filling the place up, you didn't have a baseball team in town, okay? And that's competition for sponsorship, competition for advertising, competition for media attention. That's competition that didn't exist for them before in the last go-round when the Redskins were a big deal. Um, so that's they, they've got to deal with more competition for everything to build, rebuild their fan base again. The Capitals are have a stronger fan base now probably than ever before armed with the Stanley Cup. Uh, it's just my feeling my instinct is those people who were downtown you know the 60 70,000 people at the watch parties downtown they're not going to redskins games i don't think that group is and I, I think they're trying to i think part of the reason all the suits were imported at redskins park is to try to get those people back you know or get them into the stadium so you're dealing with a stronger capitals fan base even if it's a sliver it's still stronger than it was. And God only knows if the Wizards happen to luck into something. I'm not even going to bring that up. So you've got a baseball team that didn't exist. You've got live sports attendance that's down. Uh, both of those things make it more difficult to climb back. The new stadium, they need to move on that like yesterday. They need to get that ball rolling. They need to generate that thing quickly because I think that will have a big impact. And if 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 you're right, if, if they start an upward tra- trajectory... That's when you want to do it, when you're opening up a new stadium. Uh, that will help, but you're right. Uh, th- that could be short-lived based on if, they, if they're if they losing the first two, three years of the new stadium. That, that new car smell will wear off. Uh, I don't think it can get back to where it was. I think it can get a lot better than what it is. But I don't think it'll ever get back because the whole landscape has changed. What about just the the, the thing
0: that we know, um, and that is that the NFL is king, and that in almost any city, if you have a winning NFL franchise, there's going to be a huge, at the very least, bandwagon effect, that people are going to be all over it. You know, these big games, 16 of them, and then the postseason that you're going to have a large bandwagon, even if that's not like a sustainable sort of generational, you know, movement. I. I
2: wh- but I'm just telling you that the landscape has changed since I, the last time I, they were they were they were like that. Well,
0: you're no doubt it, the landscape's changed just from a demographic standpoint in this city. I mean, we're a much younger city. So I um, mean,
2: I just don't know. Even with even with the NFL being king, and of course it's king, it, it, the, the crown may not be as big as it used to be for this team. All right, so
0: I—I I, I mean, I—I'm I, trying to envision, you know, a playoff year this year. They win a game at home against Chicago, and then they lose in Los Angeles against the Rams. And then next year, they get off to another really good start. They're eight and two instead of seven and three or six and four, and they're in first place. And it looks like they're on their way to a second straight division title. And the offense is better, and they get into the playoffs, and they're one of the favorite. I, I have a hard time believing that it would not completely overtake this city if it gets to that point. But at the same time, I am very interested to see what we learn from this season down the stretch if they continue to win games. Like, what if they get to 11 wins? Or Is this town going to be pumped up about a playoff game at FedEx Field in January, the first weekend in January? I know what you're saying about the other teams – Um, But there are other cities where when the NFL team does well, there are other teams there too, and it overtakes the city at least in in brief.
2: But that's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about can the Redskins get back to where they were. Not whether the Redskins you can think be a big deal. Do you think
0: they're they're not number one in this town now? Right no, now, no. I still think they're number one. Yeah.
2: I still think they're number one. But can they ever get back to where they were? I don't think so.
0: Well, I mean, what you describe is, I mean, by definition, they can't because yeah, there are but, more but teams. Th-
2: they can still be a a very big thing, a, a phenomenon that that captures a lot of the city based on on what you just said.
0: Do you know what I think really is a factor in all of this, especially with younger sports fans, is having a star player. You know, if Robert Griffin III had been what we thought he may have been on the verge of becoming in 2012, and he had been in the midst of this five, six, seven-year run at this point of being an MVP candidate every once in a while and leading the Redskins to the postseason Think about that and what the team would be right now in this town. Oh, yeah. It would be a runaway freight train, in my view. Yes, no,
2: it would. It it would, So I think think having a star is— But think about that. Since 2012, since that year, uh, later that year, the Nationals have been to four postseason games. The Capitals have won a Stanley Cup. So they've lost the last six years.
0: I understand that, but but you know the fact that the Nats are good and have been good and the Caps just won a Stanley Cup doesn't mean that you can't have the Redskins be a runaway freight train, st- train still in town and people support and be passionate no, about doesn't. multiple teams in it's, town.
2: It's just not going to be as fast as it used to be. I, I think, and, and here's the other thing. What do you, what, you talk about the star situation. Yeah, answer that part of it. Do you think, think that's important? I think it is important, particularly, you know, and this isn't anything new. I went back and looked at, looked at this. Uh, you know, there's this argument that the Redskins are 6-3, and three, but they're, they're winning in a boring way. They're winning with defense. The offense isn't very fun to watch. They're, they're kind of a one-sided team, okay? Uh, the, the, the sellout streak that the Redskins touted for years, it started at the end of the 1966 season. Uh, it was Otto Graham's first year as head coach, they had gone through nine straight losing seasons. They went seven and seven in 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 sixty six. Uh the sellout streak continued through sixty seven. A losing season. But it's, it was because of Jurgensen in the offense. This is this is my point. In sixty eight, the sellout streak continued. Losing season. But people showed up to watch Sonny wing it to watch Sonny throw the ball down the field to Charlie Taylor, you know, uh, Jerry Smith and in and, and part Bobby Mitchell. Uh, and they filled that stadium with a losing team when they could only do one thing. They could only play one side of the ball. The D- I mean, Redskins players used to say, we'd give up, we'd, we'd score 30 points oh, and yeah. give up 35. But they filled the stadium. So so there's something to this notion that, and this is nothing new. This isn't like a millennial thing. People will show up for offense They might not show up for defense.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I I get it. I I understand that. And then came the winning with George Allen in the true era of outsized
2: passion and following for this team. I get that. But but the sellout streaks started with a losing, uh, an exciting losing team. That's
0: fine, but it didn't stop when they won with defense and no offense. No it with didn't. With George Allen. No, it didn't. And 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 you know, you look at the Gibbs years, not all of those years were super exciting. A lot of those years were sort of what we've watched here. Not to this extent, but a lot of just smart football and letting the other team lose and winning the turnover yes. battle and running the football and stopping the run, you know, and all that stuff. And, and I
2: just might want to point out, not that the Washington Senators were anything to, to write home about, but George Allen arrived when the Senators left town. You know, there was a time where Washington but had... I
0: mean, nobody was going to the Senators' I know case.
2: that, but, but still... I'm just pointing out. Have you ever out, seen
0: those attendance yes, numbers? Yes, I know
2: they're like 500,000 a, a year, something like that, half a million. But that the fact is that he arrived after baseball left. My point the, the there was a time where Buffalo had three sports franchises: the Sabers, the Braves, and the, yeah. and the Bills, and Washington had one: the Redskins. And it was then uh, it, it, until the, until the bullets moved down to uh, Landover. Uh, to start playing so I mean no I, I know it really took off under George Allen my point is that if this team was losing and scoring a lot of points there'd probably be more people in the stands
0: yeah I mean well I mean they were mediocre in the last in 2016 they were a dynamic offensive football team and they but they were in a playoff race too yeah. Um, actually just r- real quickly you probably know this, and I, I don't know the answer. I have a, I, I think I know one of the potential answers. I know that the Senators were bad. Um, and Ted Williams, when he came, they actually you know approached... They uh, won 86 games. 86 games. Yeah. Why was the attendance for baseball, why was D.C. in the 60s and then into, you know, through 1970, 71 before they moved, why was it such a bad baseball town?
2: Well, I mean you know, a lot of people will talk about the 68 riots had a big impact in the sta- in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it just had a big impact. Did the
0: attendance significantly drop after the 68 riots? I, I don't know. I'm I, thinking, I don't know the answer. I'm thinking
2: the most, I don't think they ever. I don't know if they ever drew a million fans uh, in a season, but there, you know, back then there weren't a lot of teams that drew uh, a million fans. I mean, attendance, I mean, the Yankees, I don't think drew a million fans in their heyday. I mean, it, it, uh, you know, people, you could walk up and buy a ticket to baseball games in, in almost any city in the old days. You know, this, this sellout notion did not happen when baseball was even king. It, it just didn't happen that much.
0: You know, I am just barely old enough. My father took me to Senators games before they moved. I, I remember... Because uh, I vaguely remember being taken to Denny McLean's first game. Because my father was a big baseball guy, still is. Yeah, he loves the Nationals. Um, and I remember going to RFK Stadium, and, and my memory of RFK Stadium was for baseball games. It just it was the opposite of the football games.
2: Yeah, yeah. It, look, I don't want to I'm, I'm not saying it was a factor at all. I'm just pointing out. No, I think you're right it's that co- it was. It, it's a little bit of a coincidence that you know. That the the passion for the Redskins really accelerated when at the time when they were the only show in town. That's 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 the point I'm I'm just pointing out well, whether it's coincidence or not. It, it, that's what happened. But that that's
0: fine. But the but the major reason that it accelerated is because George Allen came in and won right away. Yes. Yes. You know, and became and they became a contender in and in his second year, they won the division, won the NFC championship game, and they were in the Super Bowl. Yes. And and from that point forward until and I was th- I was thinking about this too, until probably Gibbs left for the second time. Um the passion for this football team in this town was you know, it, it wasn't just that it was second; that that it was first in this town by a lot. I mean, there was no second. There was no even no. discussion of who was second. I mean, you know, you know this. There, there was a time, certainly, when Gary had it going at Maryland. That Maryland basketball was probably yes. the number two in terms of measurables like TV ratings and sellouts, et cetera. Absolutely. Um, and I, w- the erosion of the fan base, I do believe, started. After Gibbs left in 2007, I mean, there were, we all had this sense that the owner was not a good owner and that Vinny Serato and, and the people he employed were buffoons, Yeah, you know, long before 2007. But Gibbs brought a respectability back to the franchise after a, a short period of time of... Lack of respect. Remember, it was 99
2: through 2003.
0: Yeah, I mean, exactly. It wasn't a long period of time. And you know what? A lot of people were all for Dan Snyder spending all that money.
2: Yeah, I mean, because remember, from ninety 93. Through ninety nine, they were terrible. They, they too. were terrible under under John Ken Cook.
0: Yeah, and and Charlie Jack, and Charlie Jack and John. Yeah. Um. And the you know yes, there was the fantasy football season of two thousand, and a lot of people were like, "This isn't how Gibbs used to do it." Gibbs and Bobby, I thought used into two
2: thousand. I thought they were going to be really I, good.
0: They here. were. They were the favorite to win the Super Bowl in two thousand, yeah. if you recall. But I, I can tell you, for me, I do remember being really upset when they fired marty schottenheimer because i thought it was wrong
2: oh absolutely
0: but i don't think i don't think that was an overwhelming feeling because people were all fired up about the old ball coach yes they were you know they
2: were so thanks to the washington post and and their and and their cheering section who thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread exactly i might want to point out in the year 2000 uh they were six and three at one point
0: i know they were no they, they were um they were six and four and Jeff George went to St. Louis and they won on Monday night football to be seven and four. Uh, I think they, I, Tommy, I think, I think they, they were, were five and four. You might be right. They, I think they, they may were go, six and three, but they dropped to six. In and four. Words, My
2: point is everyone getting excited about and, and, and berating fans for not showing up for a six and three team in the last 40 years, there've been four, six and three teams. One of them made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Um, the, uh, what i was going to say though is that sort of the beginning of what we're in now and it's been a slow erosion and then this year there was the unique opener and i still think that that i can't explain the colts opener other than the aftermarket state- ticket thing it's
2: uh, and, and part of it i no, think no, i part think it's of the it aftermarket
0: a- ticket thing more than anything else i
2: think a lot of it was statement
0: but it really started when gibbs left they hired jim zorn and you ended up with hainsworth you know, swinging gate, a bingo caller. Yes. I mean, really, and you and I were doing the show at the time. I'm pretty sure in 2008 yeah. or 2009, this was the game. And I'll never forget the show we did on that Monday. Cause I said, it's over. I, I was at the stadium for that Chiefs game in two thousand nine when the Redskins were a two and three team or two and two team and the Chiefs were terrible. And the Redskins had lost to Detroit earlier that year, remember, to yes. end that that long lions losing streak. And at halftime, they were down three nothing or six nothing or something, seven nothing, and the stadium emptied. And I'm like, It's October, it's early October. There's nobody here. And that was the first time I remember saying to you the next day, I'm like they gotta fix this this is it's apathy if there's that was the first level of apathy then you got the Shanahan and you got the RG3 but then you had 2013 or you know January of 2013 through the end and you know that Gruden 2014 season was a disaster and then you've had all the other stuff McLuhan and all the bad stuff that they just never seem to get out of their own way on um I don't know. I, I think they. I, I
2: think they can. I think they can certainly be a powerful force in this town again, and, and generate a tremendous amount of attention. I do too. But I don't think it'll ever be what it was because just, the landscape has changed. But they better. They better start moving on that stadium. Except that football's like, more, even more popular
0: today than as it was. a TV show. Yes.
2: As a TV show. Okay.
0: Do you know the TV numbers have been bad this year for the Redskins? I know. I haven't seen it in recent weeks, but early on, the numbers were going side by side with the attendance numbers were very mediocre television audiences. And and actually, locally, I'm talking about
2: TV numbers. While they've been stronger this year, they're down from what they were 10 years ago in the NFL. Yeah, but they're stronger than they were last year in the. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. But I'm just pointing out they're down from again. Talk about a changing landscape. The NFL is not as big on TV as it was 10 or 12 when the Redskins used to rule.
0: All right, so the conclusion here is even if they get on a run, which I wouldn't count on, but if they became sort of a perennial contender, we think, you think that the upside is is now limited. And I, I mean, I'm not going to limit it only because I think if the winning came with a sense of they're doing it right, and a level of class that you had. Remember, a big part of the winning too in the eighties was this sense, as a fan, that you had that we were a first-rate pride. organization. It was pride. With, with smarter people running the organization than anywhere else in football. There was that whole part of it too. You weren't that, ashamed of being a fan. It, it, it was it, well, you shouldn't be ashamed if your team's winning, but it was more than that. It was the way they won. They outsmarted. They out thought and they did it with incredible humility that came from the head
2: coach yes it did
0: and the general manager yeah both of them charlie was was a a guy that was incredibly humble and understated All right, uh, let me tell you quickly about Farish Chrysler Dodge Jeep in Fairfax. They should be on your list if you're considering something new. Go to FarishCars.com right now, if not now, uh, after the show. uh, They've got all of their live inventory, live pricing online. Ralph Perkins is in the store every day, and Ralph Perkins and Kevin Farish, they know the customers, they know what you want, they make it easy for you. Now, right now, you'll get a lot of inventory. As we approach the holidays, they have really gotten a ton of shipments in. So you will likely find what you're looking for on the lot and be able to drive it home. Lots of Jeeps right now, Cherokees, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers. Uh, If you're thinking about a minivan, Chrysler Pacifica right now, those uh, are some of the best deals you'll get all year long if you like this show, you're thinking about buying something new, I give you my word that you'll be taken care of if you head out to Farish and Fairfax and ask for Ralph Perkins. They are located right there in Fairfax Circle. Ask for Ralph, please. If you go out there, ask for Ralph. Introduce yourself. Tell him you ta- you heard about uh, Farish from this show. He will take good care of you. And You can also find live inventory, live pricing right now at FarishCars.com. All right, before we get to your favorite segment of the week. On the NFL Power Poll. Uh, yesterday, Tommy, I... Actually,
2: I'm looking forward to it this week. It looks like you're really prepared. Well, no, but I'm, I'm just looking forward to it this week. All right. Um, <laughs>
0: yesterday on the show, uh, I played something from Max Kellerman from First Take, and Max Kellerman essentially said, the reason for the Redskins fan base erosion is the name issue.
2: Well, Max Kellerman's a buffoon. So He's I, always been a buffoon. That's literally the description to to describe Max Kellerman. He's a cable TV boxing announcer I actually liked who him got on, a lucky break.
0: I, I liked him on that HBO telecast. Oh,
2: my gosh. He's, he's, he's I thought he was joke.
0: okay. Um, anyway, I said yesterday that the name issue had little to nothing to do with the eroding fan base, the, de- the the decrease in interest over the years. I said that it's you know losing, dysfunctional losing, ownership, stadium, all that stuff. Um, And I said that Max Kellerman was dead wrong to think that this is about the name issue. So I got a lot of pushback on Twitter on that. Um, A lot of people saying, you're dead wrong. It is the name issue. Or the name issue is a big part of this. And not that everybody agreed with Max Kellerman. Nobody nobody thinks it's close to the number one reason. Because it's not. It's down the list. But when I said definitively it's little to nothing... Um, emphasizing the nothing um, that pissed some of uh, of you you all off, and, and you let me know on Twitter. And Dan Steinberg texted me last night, Tommy, and the gist of what he said was that the name issue for many is an issue, and that and he referenced a poll from a few years ago in the Post, not the not the Native American poll, right. where nine out of ten said they didn't have a problem with the name, but the poll that that reflected that eleven percent of Redskins fans did have a problem with the name and he said and he said to me in his text he said look and his point wasn't he didn't have anything to do with a perspective on the name issue but he just said that if 11 percent of your fan base has a problem with the name then by definition the name issue could be one of the reasons that the team has lost some fans I think that's completely reasonable that's fair oh, let, let me let me finish because I, I will say that when I said little to nothing to do with it, I did say a little something to do with it, but I did emphasize the nothing to do with it. I will I will concede that point. And, I, and when he said that to me, I said, well, yeah, if it's 11%, and I went back and looked at the article um, from a few years back, five years ago, in fact, um, of, of Redskin fans said they had an issue with the name. So th- that's not an that that's far from any sort of majority or or it but it's a significant minority of the fans that were polled on the issue but still it's 10%. So uh, instead of saying that the name issue has little to do with why the skins have lost fans, I'll amend it to say uh that it isn't nothing that that it's something But Dan made a larger point, and it was this, and it's something I can actually identify with, and I didn't think of it from this perspective. He said that younger people in particular find the name issue to be a problem, and it's made it cooler in some respects to be a Nats or a Caps fan in this town for younger people. And that uh, in this largely very liberal area that we live in, the Washington, D.C. market, a a market that's gotten younger in recent years, that this is a potential problem for the team moving forward. My identification with that is, you know, I have teenage, and now you know, I've got a son in his 20s, working graduate from college. And I've had conversations in my home with some of their friends who have come in and said... You know, they've got to change the name. It's racist. It's a slur. And you know how I feel about the issue. I, I, of course, engage them in conversation and I'll say, Why are you so sure that it's racist, that it's a slur? Do you have information that I don't have? And then I go into the available data that suggests that from the perspective of those that matter, Native Americans themselves, that the available data actually suggests the opposite of what, you know, one of my kids' friends would say to me. And to me, Tommy this is the perfect example of of that younger generation into in, into headlines quick headlines into buying the used car without asking for you know the carfax information you know the actual specific information because the max kellermans of the world have been selling this so hard that they the, the alternative views to this aren't out there for some of these people. So they have come to the conclusion that Max Kellerman told me that it was determined a long time ago that it's the N-word, that it's very racist and very insensitive, and I don't have to even look it up. I don't even have to do any research on my own. And they buy it hook, line, and sinker. So I I actually come back to this thing that I've mentioned going back to when you and I did a show. It's time for a second non-pejorative definition. Redskins noun, the professional football team that plays in Washington. That should be a second definition. And that could potentially erase the guilt that some of these people have unnecessarily. At least admit that there's a debate to be had. Don't just take it hook, line, and sinker. Be open to the possibility that you form this opinion young person about this team that you feel guilty about rooting for without all the information you're just taking Max Kellerman's word for it don't do that because all of the information out there does suggest of the information that's available that the opposite of what Max Kellerman is telling you is actually true
2: Kevin I'm kind of surprised that you would have this position Or at least be kind of naive about this. Aren't you paying attention? We live in an age where information is hemlock. We don't want information. We just want to hear what people in authority tell us is true. And then we believe it. This is not just a sports. Is Max Kellerman authority? Well, he's a sports authority. He's on. He has a t. He has a TV show. Do, you, do we have a TV show on ESPN? I, I'm
0: not. Okay. Sur- I'm not surprised by that. So,
2: so my point is, we live in an age where people believe without without actually checking the facts. I mean, my God, we live in the the golden age of that. So that that's a problem. Here's what I would have said to Dan. You know, you may be right, and he probably is right to some extent. I think he is
0: right to a certain but extent.
2: What would happen? What would happen to the fan base? if they change the name?
0: Oh, I know n- it's a, gr- it's a, an outstanding response,
2: right? What would happen then be much worse to the fan base if they changed the name? Yeah.
0: Because we know that the, if the 11% don't like the name, then yes. 89% don't have a problem with the name. Yes. And it, beyond that, a significant percentage of those people would be upset if it were changed. Right. This is where I got, you know, I, I used to say to you, you know, um, there, there is, there's an old marketing term and it may still be a current marketing term. Um, but it's, it's when you change, when you consider changing significant things about your brand, you have to be worried about disassociated passion, lost passion for a brand that was successful. You, you can't, you can't automatically say to yourself, oh, we're going to have this new brand and we're going to have new packaging and people are going to love the new packaging. And in sports terms, they're going to buy all the new jerseys and the new logos and the new all that stuff and ignore the fact that some people will say, no, that's what I liked. I like the old Coke. The old Coke yeah. is what I'm used to. That's what I want. And when you go change these long-standing brands marketing people will tell you you're taking a massive risk, a massive risk. So I've always said to you that the the argument that somehow this would be a windfall is untrue. The studies have been done. Forbes did this study 10 years ago on what would happen to the Redskins valuation if they changed the name. It would take a massive hit. If they cha- if they went with a new brand, and the only factor that they said would limit the downside of the valuation or the downturn of the valuation is if they won big immediately.
2: Well, we so know that's ch- not going to happen, <laughs> right?
0: So if you change the name to the War the Warhawks, well, yeah. no, no, that's not the name. <laughs> what, what, what would be some? I don't even know what some of the names are. The possibilities that people have put out there because I've never really paid attention to know. them. Warriors but it, would be okay. Yeah. So if you changed it to Warriors. Is that acceptable? Is Warriors acceptable? I would hope that it is. Golden State's gotten away with it yes. for a while. If you changed it to Warriors and they won big right away, you would have sort of this incremental jump into the franchise and into the brand as a winning brand. But the risk would be if they didn't win big early, then you would take a massive valuation hit. And the Redskins valuation, believe it or not, continues to oh, go I know. up. Yeah. Continues to go up.
2: Well, like every NFL team does. Yeah, so, it does. Yeah. So but but that would be I mean, again, you're asking the the owner of the franchise to change the name uh, based on a small but vocal minority of the minority, because nine out of 10 polled in two different polls, two different independent polls, the Annenberg poll and the Washington Post poll of Native Americans said they weren't offended or didn't particularly care about the name. And the the telling part of that is we have not seen the people who want the name change commission their own independent poll and come out with the results. Why? Because they know what the results would be. Exactly. Yes.
0: I said that yesterday. I've said it before. That you're... I mean, you and I have had so many conversations about this over the years, and I think we're both... We both are open-minded, and I would change my mind in a New York second if I thought I was legitimately hurting a large group of people with, with by, by cheering for this racist named team. But you need to help me. You got to show me that this is overwhelmingly insensitive. You, you can't say that the 9 out of 10 Native Americans polled that that poll is bogus because it was a phone poll and they weren't even sure that the people that they were talking to were Native American or that it didn't, you know, hit enough of the tribes that are anti Native. Do you think then the Washington
2: me- Post wanted to publish that, exactly. the results of that poll? Do you honestly think they were, that they wanted to come to that conclusion?
0: That, of course, like they were praying for the opposite
2: My result. My God. And, and listen, so- again, I don't care. What they're named, I don't even. Read I know the you team. don't. I know. So you I don't. don't. C- I just. I just. I just resent uh, mindless. Uh, I just resent mindlessness. Yeah, and that's kind of what this is. Mindlessness. So
0: young people out there that believe that when Max Kellerman tells you it's already been determined, yes. Native Americans say it's 100% across the board, so racist, and we're offending every time we root for the professional football team in Washington, understand that it's actually a more complex issue, that it's actually debatable. And the data out there actually suggests the opposite. But to your point,
2: show me the other poll. Yes. And I'll, you know, and and, I'll, not, not, and, and, not, I, and not from some in uh, not from some the United Indian, Nation? Indian country newspaper or something like that. That's <laughs> not I'm not interested well, in, in seeing the results of that poll. Look, the bottom line is if we're only talking about what has damaged the Redskins fan base and we're talking about the, the name being a contributing factor, you can't argue that if you flip that and you change the name It would be far more damaging if we're only talking about we're not talking about whether it's racist or not. We're not talking about how insensitive, uh, you know, it is. We're talking about the damage to the to the Redskins fan base it would be far worse. It's a great way to look at at it. It's
0: it's totally uh, uh, it, it makes total sense to look at it from that perspective. It's also, you know, part and parcel to. The answer to the question, well, do you think if they were an expansion franchise that they would launch the franchise with the name Redskins? And of course they wouldn't. Why would somebody launch a new business with a controversial, a potentially controversial name? But that's not the situation here. It's an 85-year brand that's been established that's created, by the way, a completely different definition and meaning for the word than what it meant in the 19th century. The word now in our for the last half century has meant the professional football team in Washington. All right, um, before the power poll. I did want to mention this one thing that I saw on CBSSports.com uh, yesterday. The a mock NFL draft for 2019. Yeah, and the Redskins selecting a quarterback in the first round. Will Greer. What a shock from West Virginia as their first round pick. What a shock. Basically, the the, the in summary, it's they have to have their quarterback of the future. Yes, that, that has already sort of been determined with Alex Smith's performance this year that they've got to think about his replacement sooner than later.
2: Yes, I think so. There's
0: a sense of urgency. <laughs> I don't I mean, that would be un, would that be incredible if the Redskins in May of 2019 took a quarterback in the first round? It would be. All right. But it would be Redskins like. Alright, let's get to the NFL Power Poll. 1-5 to five. It's time for our weekly NFL Power Poll. Number five is Carolina. I mean, Carolina now at six and two That's uh, moves into my top five uh, teams, and you I might want to revisit. I, <laughs> it's so true. I revisited it the the next the next morning. Oh, uh, you were right about that. Carolina, number five, instead of the Chargers, who I love uh all right this week's power poll what do you got you've been working on it all morning long
2: well i've just been waiting for that moment i know actually i haven't been working on anything i've just been waiting to crow over carolina
0: oh that was what you were waiting for that's what you were working on you know that you know (laughs) what to expect from me uh look i played it on the next day
2: without you that was that was funny okay Um, well my number five team yep uh the pittsburgh steelers entered the top five for the first time this year i think in my top five rankings uh their defense is playing very well. You know, Ben Roethlisberger always gets overlooked among the great quarterbacks of his era. You think he gets overlooked? I think he does. He his name is never mentioned. I don't overlook him. Uh, well, I know you don't, but, but he's he's always been elite to me. Sometimes you have your moments, I guess. You know, uh, number four team are the Los Angeles Chargers, and and in fact, if I made, you know, if I made a list of teams I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. The Chargers right now might be at that top of the list. The thing is, is more
0: likely than not, the Chargers are going to have to win three road games yes, to get I to the know, Super it's Bowl. Going to be a
2: wild card, but they do play the Chiefs. They uh, do, uh, you know, and, and and the Chiefs could stumble. Uh, well, the actually the the Kansas City Chiefs are my number three team. Uh, you know that still, I mean, their offense. Pat Mahomes is a Hall of Famer. Uh, when, you know, no, I, not yet. He's not. Well, I mean, he's getting closer and closer. Well, to it. no, he's I not read, getting closer. I, I read. And closer I read an article. It. Uh, oh, I read God. It, I, talk about uh, millennial. I read the headline <laughs> of a, a SP, ESPN story that basically said he's doing things that no human has ever done before. Yeah, of course. So, so I'm gonna pick the Chiefs as number three, the Rams as number two, and obviously the New Orleans Saints are my number one team. But think about this for a minute. Kevin. I know what you're gonna say. There, uh, Two years ago, there was no NFL football in Los Angeles. That's not what I thought you were going to okay. say. Okay. There's a chance, however small, that the Rams and the Chargers could play each other in the Super Bowl. So both a- L.A. teams could wind up facing each other in the Super Bowl, in a t- uh, and it, it'll be in Atlanta. But for a town that didn't have NFL football two years ago. well, you think they're excited about it out there? I think they're getting excited about not it. Not about the Chargers. I think, I think if the Chargers are playing in the Rams in a Super Bowl, I think L.A. will be crazy. I think the Chargers are in the Super Bowl. San Diego is going to be excited about it. I, I think that this is one of the reasons why Bryce Harper is going to, going to play for the Dodgers.
0: Um, I thought you were going to say that you – didn't have new england in your top five which is completely reasonable this
2: week i mean i just think that goes without saying i don't i'm, I'm well it doesn't go without saying well, i think it does because i, I know I, a smart I, I person said it. would not put <laughs> new england in their top five so let's hear your top five smart guy all right
0: number five i've got a tie between new england and the chargers <laughs> <laughs> that's my tie for the week uh the patriots and the chargers look i love the chargers god they need joey bosa when they get to the playoffs and i hope he's healthy for that run um and and they've got you know they just moved the chargers steelers game on december 2nd to sunday night football they have that game they've got the chiefs on december 13th on the road they've got a game at home uh the the next to last week of the season against the ravens maybe it'll be over for the ravens at that point as an aside did you read the story that rg3 yes p- is a potential starter sunday th- against think, the Bengals? I, I don't think that's true I don't think it is either. I think if they, first of all, I think Flacco is going to end up playing. He doesn't need to practice for Harbaugh to say Joe's going to be out there if he can go. But I think they would start Lamar Jackson if Flacco was legitimately too hurt uh, to go. Yeah, but
2: at least that way uh, RG3 can put a uniform on and stand on the sidelines.
0: I, I still look at the Chargers, Tommy, and I still say, you know, during this incredible run that's only included two losses basically in the last year. Yeah. Who have they beaten? <laughs> like they they haven't beaten anybody really good. They won on the road at Seattle. They beat the Titans in London. Their wins, other than that, are the Bills, the Niners, the Raiders, and the Browns. And uh, Raiders twice. So I do want to see what they do at Arrowhead. I want to see what they do in Pittsburgh. These are big spots to really measure the Chargers here over the next month.
2: Yes, they are.
0: Uh, And I I think they really do need Joey Bosa, a healthy Joey Bosa. He's a defensive MVP talent.
2: Well, he's one of the top five defensive players in the league.
0: Uh, But he just hasn't been on the field
2: enough. I think he's about ready to come back.
0: Uh, so tied for five, uh, New England and the Chargers. Four is Kansas City. I've got Pittsburgh ahead of Kansas City. I think Pittsburgh. You would...
2: really don't like Kansas City.
0: It's not that I don't like them. I think offensively they are a show. And this year may be the year of great offensive teams with average to sub-average defenses getting to the Super Bowl. I mean, we may see this because, you know, at this point, I know New Orleans is a great run-stopping team, which is important uh, at this point. But you know the Rams have given up a lot of yards and a lot of points with the talent they have. Um, I, I, they are good defensive teams. It may be the year of the offense in Kansas City can overcome a subpar defensive football team to make the to make the postseason. But I think Pittsburgh would beat them at Arrowhead. I think that it's a couple of teams could go into Arrowhead and win. And they still have interesting games starting with Monday night, and they still have a game against the Chargers, and they've got a game in Seattle. And they got some tough games left. Uh, So i got Pittsburgh ahead of Kansas City, and then I've got the Rams 2 and the Saints 1. And I really do have a strong feeling that if the Saints get home field advantage, they're not going to lose at home in the postseason. The Rams are the one team capable of going in there and beating them because they could keep pace with them like they did two weeks ago. Yes. But it would be all about Drew Brees and Drew Brees getting back to another Super Bowl and Drew Brees winning another Super Bowl. And that is the true home field advantage in the NFC. I mean, it is the right now, Seattle and New Orleans are the two best NFC home field advantages. Yeah. I would put them even ahead of Lambeau. Now, Soldier Field could be really interesting in the postseason. If the Bears continue on this run, that could be a difficult place to go in and win. But if the Saints are the one seed in the NFC. They're going to the Super Bowl. They're going to be in Atlanta.
2: It's hard to see anyone beating them in the Dome.
0: I, it, Yeah, because they just don't have the kind of players that w- w- would come up small yeah. in a big spot like that. They'd only have to win two games, both of them at home. Yeah. And they wouldn't have to face the Rams until the second game. Uh. All right, that's my top five. You've got your top five. Uh, Van Pelt tomorrow, I think, on the show. I think he got hung up with a couple of things this morning, which is fine. He's got bad weather up there in Connecticut, like we've had here.
2: You know, he he, uh, I read on Twitter he spoke to uh, your friend Joe Yashiroff's uh, uh, journalism class at University of Maryland.
0: He was down here the other day. He was part of the, um, you know, part of the. Uh, the symposium that they had out in, in College Park, George Solomon's thing at the journalism school with Chelsea Jane's and Mori Povich moderated. He t- he told me it was a great time and they it was it was a fun night out there. So I think Joe, you know Joe teaches a class yes. in the journalism school, so that's probably where they're connected. I'm going to see Joe tomorrow he, night.
2: I don't know if he went or if he did it via, via I, Skype. Well, he was he here. School. Okay, I know he was yeah. here because he was here for that panel. But uh, you might want to just pass on to him when you have him on the show. I hope when he was speaking to those journalism students, he gave them good advice and told them to become Uber drivers.
0: I can tell you the advice that he can't give them is how to succeed academically at the <laughs> University of Maryland. That's what I know he can't give them. Uh, but anyway, uh, tonight there is a Thursday night game. It's a
2: good game, right?
0: It's a it's a very good game. You know, it's, it's, it's Seattle's a two and a half point favorite tonight over the Packers. It's a big game for the Packers. Yeah. Like if you really think the Packers are one of those teams because of Aaron Rodgers that could give the Rams or the Packers uh, or the Saints, excuse me, a real problem in the postseason on the road. Well, they got to get to the postseason and losing this game would drop them to four five and one. And I mentioned this yesterday on the podcast. I think the Seahawks are underrated. I think they're 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 a good football team. And I like them tonight. It's not a smell test pick. The action very split on this game at Seattle minus three, two and a half, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, but I, I do like, uh, I, I kind of like Seattle. I'd lean towards them. Of course, last Thursday night, I leaned towards Carolina because they were number five in my power <laughs> yes, rankings. They
1: were. I, I think the Pac- if you're uh, rooting for the Packers or you think it's the Packers, it's the other Aaron that's going to get the job done. Aaron Jones over Aaron Rodgers that's more important in this game.
0: He's really good. He's a good back. You saw it last year, you know, uh, at, at times. And they need that, Aaron. The, this Aaron, our Aaron, they need a running game for him. They need to, to keep their defense off the field, dominate time of possession. Look, the Packers may drop to 4-5-1. and one, It wouldn't eliminate them by any stretch of the imagination. They went into Los Angeles and nearly beat the Rams a couple of weeks ago they're certainly capable this is a this is a big game for both of these teams to really legitimately establish themselves as, as a wild card contender the Packers I'm sure still have hopes of getting back into the division race with Chicago and Minnesota and they'll have those opportunities with games against uh, those teams um, I sort of lean towards Seattle tonight I think I think they're I think they'll win tonight there was a uh, I'll tell you what I A smell test lean tonight is Tulane plus the 10 at Houston. Not an official pick, uh, but Tulane's actually played really well, and Houston's been struggling a little bit, and Houston's laying a a semi-short number against Tulane. I'd lean Tulane in that one uh, tonight. And Florida Atlantic, too. I like Florida Atlantic, too. But not smell test picks. Okay. I'm uh, just rambling here. Okay, a couple of things before
2: before we we wrap it up. I want to remind everybody that you can hear me on 106.7 The Fan – Every Wednesday afternoon with Chad Dukes from four to six, and Saturday mornings with Andy Pollen from from nine to noon. And you could read my work in the Washington Times, Washingtontimes.com slash sports. And since I won't be here tomorrow, I wanted to give my uh, Redskins uh, uh, pick game, pick um, Houston twenty eight sixteen. I I think you know the, the Redskins offense is going to struggle mightily against this front front seven
0: when you get done doing the jfk thing on wednesdays with chad is that the night you go to shelley's every yeah.
2: week yeah well, i mean it makes sense you want to let traffic get out I so, mean, i'm mean, i done at six o'clock so
0: you go you go down there for dinner
2: i go down there for dinner on your way back smoke.
0: through town yeah is bob materazzi still does he still own it or not Yeah,
2: bob still owns it bob is doing great these days actually yeah, yeah, tell and, him i said hello please uh, but i don't see i'm by six o'clock he's gone he's usually there during the day and, and I don't usually get in there until about 6.30 or so. All
0: right. Uh, listen to Tommy on Saturday morning on JFK and on Wednesdays with Chad. Andy will be in tomorrow. I'll have Scott on the show. Also, Ross Tucker uh, is going to join us on the show. I think Ross has a sharp NFL opinion. I really do. Um, I've always enjoyed him when he's been, uh, been on shows with us before. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the Redskins in the NFL tomorrow. And it'll be a full football Friday. So tune in for that. Uh, drive safely if you're out. It's still snowing here as we're recording this podcast uh, this morning. Uh, and can we get some fall back at some point before yeah. winter really settles in? I like fall weather. So do uh, I. Thank you, Tommy.
2: Thank you, I'm Glad boss. I'm
0: glad your commute was short. Aaron, <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks to all of you. Have a great day.